Hello everyone, my next guest is Samir Khalilov. Samir is a real estate agent here in Toronto, Ontario. We start talking about real estate at minute 30 of the show. So if you would like to listen to real estate suggestions or his thoughts, just go to minute 30 of this particular episode. Enjoy the show, everyone. All right, we're live. Samir Khalilov, how's it going, man? Hey, man, thanks. Thanks for hosting me. It's a, it's a great day, even though we're all both stuck at home. <laughs> I know, man, I know. Hey, it's so funny. Like, I don't know. Usually, you know, if, if a guy called... If a guy named Robert is interviewing a, call, a guy called Bob, you know, and they're both Roberts, like no one gives a damn, right? They have the same name. But for me, like talking to a guy for an extended period of time who has exactly the same name as I do, like it's, it's not really common for me. So it's, it's so funny that we have the same name. So we sort of, I don't know, for me, it's always like, wow, like we grew up like getting like with people like calling us, but I don't know, it's weird. Like it's no one really going to freaking care about that. But I'm just saying that's just pretty funny. Exactly, and and the, and the thing is that uh, it's actually a very common name in in the I know. country where I'm from. Me too. Uh, yeah, almost like every third person name is Samir. So really, well, I'm from Kazakhstan, and, and and that name is not very common there. But like my dad is from Afghanistan, and and uh-huh. that name is common there. And I know it's a common name in in, in India too, and and in other yeah. Middle Eastern countries, but like not in Kazakhstan, and not certainly I not th- in Russia. I think in India they they have this name with two e's. Two e's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and it means I think air, and in Arabic it means uh, supporter of the conversation. Yeah, so yeah. There I, you go. You're I doing know. exactly what your, your name. I'm uh, fulfilling for. fulfilling my destiny of being Samir, yeah. and uh, Samir Azizi. Azizi means uh, my dear in Arab uh, in in Persian. Yeah, it's so, the same so. in Azari as well. Oh, cool. And where? Mm-hmm. In Azerbaijan, in Azeri, in Azerbaijani oh, cool. language. Oh, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, is, yeah. It, uh, is it very similar, Azeri, to, to Persian, to like Farsi or Dari? Uh, no, it's, it's pretty different, uh, but uh-huh. it's similar to uh, Turkish. And so uh-huh. I think the, the original uh, Kazakh language uh, mm-hmm. is also similar. It's from yeah, the yeah. same group of languages, mm-hmm. Turkic mm-hmm. Uh, languages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's, uh, it's the same thing, basically. Nice, man. Yeah, so, you know, a little Baxter. By the way, did you, do you hear me well? I just, I'm always freaking out about my sound quality. Do you hear me well? Yeah, I do hear you. All right, it's perfect. Uh, and I'm just going to double check right away. All right, we're good. So, yeah, so backstory, right? I, I recently came to Canada like six months ago. And before that, you know, I was in the United States. But then, like, they, they basically didn't give me the work visa. I had to leave. So I went back to Kazakhstan. You know, when I started, I started working on, on uh, you know, coming to Canada right away, uh, you know, applied for permanent residentship, we gathered documents, blah, 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 like, you know, typical express entry, whatever, watching another video, whoever's watching, you know, how it's done. But then I started watching the blog. I was like, wow, like, okay, now I want to know, like, what's exactly going to happen? Like, because I, I got my invitation, I got everything, I, I, I pretty much like, uh, you know, was ready to go. I had the date set and I had, you know... Um, uh, sorry some technical stuff i had the dead set and i was like okay like i want to watch some videos and i like just typed it in and you came up and like with your journey from i think from russia or from moscow something like that and you went uh i think with your wife and uh, uh just you you showed everything from the beginning to end the, the airport and all of that and after that you made those videos tell me about that experience and how did you decide to like just show the world your journey so basically, uh, the thing is, uh, when I found out about this program, uh, at first I didn't believe that it's that easy. And then once we received our permanent residence, it took us only three months. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? A lot of people around the world probably 
are in the same page like me and they don't know how easy it is to get the permanent residence in Canada. So mm-hmm. I should make a video. And uh, I had a lot of, I, I, I knew that as soon as I will tell my friends that I'm going to Canada, all of them will have 100 questions. Mm-hmm. So I decided to make a video. So that video would just answer all of the basic questions. Mm-hmm. And once every, uh, somebody has some specific questions, they can uh, connect with me directly. But then this video uh, went out and it you know, blew I had up. a lot of... Yeah, yeah. I, saw some, I saw some people from India, from Dubai, from any, anywhere else, you know, people were writing me on LinkedIn, on Facebook, Instagram. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I wasn't expecting that a lot of people will actually watch it. That's I like a dream just... of every YouTuber to blow up like that and have so many views. Like to the, for the longest time, I was thinking like, ah, I should invite like an immigration attorney and like do like an immigration clickbait, like for everyone to like just watch my video. But like, but that will, your video was really great in terms of content and quality. So, yeah, I was like, wow, this guy is... And then you continued to put, put out the videos and the whole journey. So that was pretty awesome, man. I think uh, the main thing is that uh, once you make something sincere and you don't have a goal to, I don't know, uh, from, to monetize that video and then mm-hmm. to put some plugs about something, that makes it more interesting for people. So you know that you're just sharing with your experience. And right. my goal was just to help people. There was nothing, uh, nothing else. That was great. And, I, and you did help. You did help me. You know, you gave me a peace of mind because because of your video, I, thought, I knew exactly what to expect from the whole airport situation. Because the one thing, like, because I'm always freaking out about everything. Like, I need to be in complete control of everything that I'm doing in terms of, like, I, I want to predict everything that's going to happen to me. And that's a problem because you can never predict. But like, I was always like, okay, if I'm going to like, even when I got the whole permanent resident thing, like the invitation, I thought like they're going to, you know, ask me something at the airport and then I will not give them the right answer or something like that. And they will just say like, you know what, turn around and go back. We don't want you. Like I always had this freaking anxiety or something like that. So uh, just to just know exactly like how it was for you and that you, you have successfully came to this country, especially to the same city that I came to, uh, you know, really gave me some peace of mind. That's great. That's good to hear. Uh, I think it's the same for me as well. I was actually looking for this kind of videos before I came in. Yeah. And I wasn't able to find exactly what I'm looking. So I decided that since there's no content about that, I'll mm-hmm. make it. So there is a demand and mm-hmm. uh, there's no supply. So basically, that's the idea. That's how I uh, decided to make it. And you did it in English too. You could have all like, you could have done it in Russian or whatever, and you would only have like a fraction of the viewership. But you you've made it in English and you made it international. So you're helping like everyone in the world. Yeah, the idea was that if somebody is coming to Canada with permanent residence, they probably yeah. know English, right? Uh-huh. So that's why I decided to make it in, in English, so anybody can uh, can benefit from this. Was it tough for you? Did you do? Did you make videos before? Like, was that like a new thing for me? First time, never did a video before, uh, first time. And after actually I arrived in Canada, I uh, followed uh, the video in a way that I was filmed in this background movies. Uh-huh. Uh, I was filmed in, in lots of different movies, you know, American Gods. Uh, oh yeah, because you, you were, um, yeah. once you came to Canada, you had a video about that. You started yeah. like going to castings and you were like a, a, a background yeah. actor like for, for different yeah. TV shows. Exactly. Like suits and stuff. Suits. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was everywhere, man. I was like maybe in a 10, 15 movies and I'm somewhere in the background stack. Like nobody can see you there. Uh, it's just like a survival job. Uh, it's pretty easy. Right. So let's, let's talk about this, right? So you came to yeah. Canada, you posted that video. I started following you. I subscribed to your channel. I actually like, 
uh, I emailed you right away because you left your email under someone's comment. You like, and I just like emailed you right away. I'm like, yo, like my name is Samir and yeah. you know, same name. I'm from Kazakhstan, but I'm like going to Canada soon. So like really, I don't know what I texted you or emailed you, but I remember that email, like yeah. I emailed you right away. And so there you responded and I added you on LinkedIn and all of that. And it's so funny how we were already talking. We were supposed to meet a couple, like a month ago, but you know, we couldn't like connect with the scheduling. But in any case, yeah, it was funny. But then I'm seeing like your next videos were like about how to find an apartment and which by the way also helped me out because I knew that there's a strategy you said like, Hey, like pay for upfront for several months. And that's how you avoid the whole credit check because you're a new immigrant. So like I had that in mind right away. And that's exactly why I'm here right now. Like I, I paid upfront, you know, with the, that's how, you know, it's, it's, it's not for everyone, but sometimes, you know, that's the easiest way. So like your advice has really helped me out. And then the next video I'm seeing, like, you're, you're like hustling and shit. You're like talking about, you know, how to get a job, like so helpful. And, and I think, so talk to me about those, uh, those experiences. Like, so you came to Canada, right? And what's your background, by the way, in terms of education and profession? Uh, so my uh, education is in finance and uh, economics. So I graduated mm-hmm. in, from Azerbaijan uh, State Economic University. I also did a program in U.S., so uh, once I came to Azerbaijan, I worked for uh, PwC in audit. Then I moved to KPMG in corporate finance. Mm-hmm. That's how I uh, left to Russia. Yeah, those are some big for... firms, man. Big four accounting firms. Yeah. That's some legit stuff, man. And you know, in Azerbaijan, you only have few options. It's mm-hmm. either you go to big four or you go to uh, oil companies. Oil, oil yeah. So, Same in yeah, Kazakhstan. It's... Yeah, BP or, uh, you know, all, all the other companies. Right. Uh, so, yeah, basically I chose the road to go into the finance field. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got uh, exposure to different markets. So I was auditing different companies and I was working in KPMG, creating mm-hmm. financial models for different companies. So I learned a lot about business uh, when I was working there. Mm-hmm. But my uh, passion was never uh, actually the finance itself. It was mm-hmm. more of the uh, learning about those businesses. That was what that was interesting for me, you know. Yeah. And I always like to work with people, and I like the sales side of the job. So in order to be in sales for uh, big four companies, uh, usually our uh, senior manager or director or partner. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the people who get involved in actual sales they go out and they make the presentations they meet Mm -hmm. with the clients and they sell the product and then the technical guys they just come in and they do the work right the 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 dirty part right of the job right um so i was interested in that uh end result but it was taking so long Mm -hmm. uh, to get there so i decided to uh to leave and uh, come into canada and uh, start fresh and start from sales. So exactly mm-hmm. what I wanted to do from the beginning. That's awesome. And so, and I, I know for the fact how hard it is to do sales from the first, like for the, for the first time, because my, my first internship was in selling stuff, right? And I didn't even sell like physical stuff. They told me to sell payroll services. There's a payroll company and you have to like, so it's a service, right? And at that time, I didn't even quite understood how payroll is processed in the United States. So I had to go business to business, door to door and offer them payroll services based on the fact what I learned in terms of the brochure, but I didn't really understand the, the value of it. Um, so like a mentor, a mentor, like a great teacher in selling is really, really important. Was that tough for you to start selling and what exactly did you sell? Actually, I started off with the toughest sales job. It was door-to-door sales yeah. <laughs> of, uh, of home internet, uh, home security, 
uh, uh-huh. you know, all of that services, TV. Uh, so imagine uh, uh-huh. like 6 p.m., 7 p.m., 9 p.m., you're uh-huh. knocking at somebody's door. Yeah. It's negative 25 outside. It's yeah. dark. And oh it snows like one meter of snow. Your car is completely covered in snow. You can't even you have to dig it up each time you come back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's really cold. So you go in and you knock. And people are mad that, hey, I just came in from work. I don't yeah. want to talk. No one wants to talk to a salesman at 6 p.m. Yeah, 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 I agree. Exactly. I want to spend time with my family. Uh, who are you here? And, uh, you know. Uh, some people were even, you know, like telling me that they're going to shoot me. They're no going to feed me to their dogs. You know, yeah, some, there are some crazy people out there, man. Look, uh, man, so- yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it, you're saying like it was like, let's be real. It wasn't as positive, right? I mean, I can, maybe I'm wrong, but I can imagine, imagine like immigrating to Canada and thinking like, I'm going to find a better life here and, you know, I'm going to reach success. But then like, you know, you're going door to door and people saying F you like two out of, you know, five out of 10 or five out of seven times. Right. And, and it's, it's freaking minus 25. It's no Baku, you know, it's, it's, it's not the same. And you're like, ah, is this where I come for this? You know, is this why I came here? Is this like my country now? Is this what I do now in this country? I worked in, I don't want to cost too much on this podcast, but I I worked at KPMG. I worked in PwC, the big four companies. And now I'm here door to door going and selling, you know, stuff. And I'm, you know, and people tell me to go F myself. Exactly. I mean, those kind of thoughts, did they go through your mind? Because they would probably go through my mind. uh, Actually, uh, the good thing here is that uh, it's up to your first sale until you have that kind of thoughts that, uh, it's difficult, but as soon as you have your first sale, and it took me less than a week to make my first sale. Uh-huh. So in my first week of uh, work, I already made one sale. Nice. So I was super happy. So all all of that uh, stuff actually was uh, behind. So I did not focus on that because I saw that, hey, I made a sale uh-huh. and I'm going to make a commission, right? Nice. So I, 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 I realized that, uh, you know, people who have been in this job for a few years, even they're struggling to make a sale. And I did right. it in the first week. It was not difficult. So me. you tasted the blood it. like a shark. Exactly. I tested the blood and I was like, you know, this is exactly what I want to do. And then I uh, became number one in Canada for sales. What? Uh, Seriously? Yeah, yeah. I sold more than anybody else. Uh, my name was always in the uh, top ranks. Uh-huh. So whenever they said, who do you think everybody, we had like hurdle meetings uh-huh. where all the team would come together from all areas in GTA. And then they'd say, you know, who do you think this week made the highest sales? And most people would say Samir. Mm-hmm. So I made good commission there. Uh, plus I had the salary. So it was pretty good. You know, I liked it, even uh-huh. though it was physically challenging, just right. walking and uh, knocking at the doors. But the main thing is that the mindset, you know, if you put your uh, mindset uh, in the right place and you actually know that, uh, you know, 90 people out of 100 are not going to buy this Mm -hmm. and you expect that you don't say that, you know, I'm going to sell to 100 out of 100. I don't need that. I I knew that I'm getting paid for 90 people to say no. I have a fixed. That's that's an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. I have a salary which pays me to hear no. 90 out of uh, even 99 out of 100 times and what what i do with the rest is up to me and if i can make that uh, ratio different so it go maybe 80 to 20 or 30 to 70 uh-huh. uh, that's where i make my money you know and that's where that's where the 
positive uh, mindset comes in, you know. So uh, I was happy about those 20% of uh, people saying yes. Mm -hmm. That's what I was looking for. I was not focusing on people saying no, because it was just, uh, for me, it was just knocking at the door, you know. How long is it going to take me, you know, like five minutes to talk to somebody? Uh, first, and then they say, like, when they say, when they then open the door and when they curse, it's even less than a minute. So mm-hmm. uh, it's not a problem, you know. It's just also they have a team support. Each mm-hmm. time you make a sale, you take a selfie, you send it to the group chat, <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, nice. Got to brag. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow, yeah. That's, that's actually, wow, I just really learned something new. That's, that's such a great way to put it. You're getting paid. To, so that people say, tell you no for 90% of the time. So it comes with the territory. It's nothing like, and then you're, it's up to you to decide how you're going to, you know, take advantage of the other 10% of the opportunities. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. That's yeah. so awesome. Okay. And so how long were you doing that? So I did that for three months. Uh-huh. Uh, it was uh, during the winter months. It was the worst months uh, of the year. Uh, sometimes you had even emergency weather war- uh, warnings, you know, that uh, people have to stay home. And that was actually the best time to sell because everybody's home. Yeah. So you know that if you knock, everybody will be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was uh, a good time. But after three months, I left. Uh, I, Were you in the acting at the same time? How did that uh, work? No, I did, I did acting before that. Before oh, before, I, okay. I, I landed this job. So I was basically, as soon as I arrived in Canada, I decided that I want to do real estate. Okay. And while I was studying for real estate, I was doing acting on the side. Got it. Just to support myself in a way. Is, uh, that, after, is it difficult to do acting here? How do you like, get into the freaking acting here? How does this work? I mean, you came from, 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 from Russia, right? Or from Azerbaijan. Yeah. And, and like, how do you become a background actor like that? Actually, it was just a coincidence. Uh, I met a friend. Um, my friend, she has a startup here. Uh-huh. And it's based on AI artificial intelligence. And one of the, her programmers, uh, he, he told her while we were testing the product, uh, mm-hmm. because we were immigrants, we were part of, part of the target market for that product. Mm-hmm. Um, we were testing them, giving our feedback. And we met with the, her programmer. And this guy was like, you know, uh, he... I've done acting in these movies and uh, while I was studying for programming in bootcamp. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, how did you do that? And he told me all the information about it. So uh-huh. I, I took the contacts and I basically went in. It's an uh, agency, uh-huh. uh, talent agency, and you go in there, they take your photos um, uh-huh. and that's it. You're, on their, uh, you're in their database. So as soon as there's a production, uh, they will reach out to people with certain look uh-huh. Uh, and they would tell, uh, invite you to come over, uh, you know, be part of the show. And uh-huh. then there you are. Uh, so that's huh. how I was doing that. That's so cool, man. How do, what kind of look do you have? What do you think? Like, what do they thought <laughs> of you? you know, at, at that time, I had longer hair. And uh-huh. uh, so I think it was, uh, I could have used it in different ways. I could have made it long, could have made it short. Uh-huh. So it was, uh, it was for my advantage, right? So, nice. But then I, uh, but that, that job, I mean, is, uh, is not really a fun job, you know. It's, it's not fun? It's not. At first, you feel like it's, it's cool, you know. You're get, just getting paid to be filmed. But then uh, you know that you are not the acting uh, actors. You're right. just in the background. Like, you're an extra. <laughs> so okay. you're like extra, one of exactly. hundred. 
yeah, you're like one of 100 people in the background and nobody really cares about you. And uh, so you don't, <laughs> you don't feel like important. And that's why, uh, and that's why you feel like, you know, you're not learning anything from that job. That's just to make money. So uh -huh. like you could work like, I don't know, in Starbucks or you can be in the background for movies. It's a similar thing, right? Got so it. you're not going to uh, grow or develop. Yeah, it's uh, funny. It's, it's like... Not only you don't feel important, but it, it, as working as an extra, there is like a possibility that you might think you're not important. You know, like it's gonna like intensify because everyone's like the whole crew is around like the acting, you know, the, the acting, real acting crew, and yeah. you know, I don't know. But wow, I, that's what I was surprised when you saw that said that in your video. Like, oh, I'm now in the movies. Like, you can see me on suits. I'm like, what the hell? Like, how is this guy doing this? But anyway, yeah, exactly. I, I, I just wanted to talk about that. But you said you were doing your sales and then you left the job after three months. Exactly. So why? why, why? I, uh, what did you do? What would happen so next? I, I, got, I got a better job. So it was also in sales. Uh -huh. And uh, I joined uh, uh, British American Tobacco or Imperial Tobacco, how they call it here in Canada. Oh, nice. uh, this is a big uh, cigarette company. Uh -huh. They own uh, most of the market here. And they have a lot of uh, famous brands for cigarettes. Uh, anything you see in the store, like 50% is belongs to this company. Mm -hmm. Also electronic uh, uh, cigarettes and other uh, things as well. So mm -hmm. they gave me a territory in the downtown to manage. So mm -hmm. I had uh, stores uh, where I was increasing the sales. Uh, so I, yeah, I, that's what I did. I joined uh, that company. I had a much higher salary. Mm -hmm. uh, my uh, incentives were less on the sales now, but more as a fixed salary. It was almost twice higher than I was making in Bell. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's why it was, for me, it was more, um, um, like, I would say less challenging. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I don't have to physically walk. Uh, they're uh -huh. giving me a car. They're giving me insurance. They're giving nice. me a good salary. Uh, plus they're giving me a bonus if my territory performs, right? Uh -huh. But that bonus is a small percentage of the salary. It's not uh -huh. as in Bell where it was maybe, uh, my commission would be maybe 80% of my earnings. So uh, in in this company, it was right. the opposite. It was maybe 20% uh, uh -huh. on top of my salary. So uh, it's basically a account management job. It's not uh -huh. like sales. I would say it's more like account management because you're not actually selling anything new uh these guys were buying this product regardless they have their customers yes you do make some kind of uh programs where you compete with your competitors um mm -hmm. you make some uh, like one dollar off two packs uh you you incentivize the uh, the sellers to sell your product instead mm -hmm. of the competitors mm -hmm. plus with electronics uh, vaping category there is no uh restrictions at that time so you can mm -hmm. market it as much as you can Mm -hmm. uh, so there is a, a real um, multi-category approach there. So basically, yes, that's what I was doing. Uh, in, so that's uh, that sounds like a really you know great position, you know, in terms of like job market and all. And so by the time you got this job, how long have you been in Canada? So it's been maybe uh, I would say six, seven months. Wow, that's great. I feel like every uh, potential immigrant needs to hear that story because, you know, we hear a lot of like, I'm, I'm, when I went, before I went to Canada, I went to Quora, you know, and asking like, hey, like, how's the job market? And, and all you can see is people complaining, you know, saying like, hey, you know, it's not as easy as you think it is. You're going to be, you know, without a job. It's going to be like very hard and all of that. But here I am talking to you and, and uh, 
and yeah, it, it sounds like things are things went 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 well for you within the first you know within the first year pretty much. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was a very good year. Um, I um, it, at first it was difficult. Uh, I was I even uh, I got. Uh, I applied even to Starbucks to work as a barista mm-hmm. at one point, and I got rejected from 14 uh, Starbucks uh, locations. And they said I was uh, not qualified uh, mm-hmm. to be a barista. I was like, come on, you know what? How hard it is, you know, to, right. to make coffee. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I can do that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I make great coffee at home, so... <laughs> Well, I think you know what it is. They're probably like looking like, okay, this guy is you know highly qualified, overqualified for the job. He has this background in all the different companies. He's probably gonna just earn some cash here, and like he will leave within a month. And I think that's their main motivation. Is there? They want maybe, to- maybe they thought like that. Uh, but yeah, at least uh, they could have benefited from during that few months that I would work there. You know, I mean, yeah, I agree. I'd bring some positive change, you know, and I wouldn't just sit around. I'd probably do something different. Yeah, yeah, no, f- completely. It's 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 funny because I'm always thinking like, ah, oh, like, you know, if I'm getting rejected from a company, I'm like, ah, oh, you guys don't even know what you missed out on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but anyway, so how long have you been working at the at the company? So uh, over there, I worked for uh, six, seven months, I believe. Um, uh-huh. So what happened at the end is that um, I actually had few uh, traffic accidents uh, in their in their car that they were giving me. Yeah, so I got in trouble for that. Uh, they what the hell? Re- what happened, man? I I actually never drove a car uh, before coming to Canada. <laughs> so Jesus for me Christ. that was yeah, and I mean imagine you're managing a territory in the downtown and traffic <laughs> is crazy, right? So you have to drive maybe probably like like maybe six out of eight hours you're like uh-huh. driving somewhere. Uh-huh. and from store to store because you don't have an office you're on the street your office is your car you have your printer your laptop it's connected wirelessly to the internet you're yeah. working in your car yeah right and then you have 100 stores you have to visit uh-huh. every day i would go in and maybe visit 20 30 stores uh, so yeah at one point uh it was a trade visit and we were just driving everywhere and i was tired i guess and when uh-huh. i was turning i and bumped into the sidewalk and they scratched the, basically the back side of the car, the side of the car. And it was like a costly repair for the company. Mm-hmm. So they told me, okay, it's the first time, it's fine, it's okay, no uh-huh. problems. And then uh, a month later, I got another issue. I bumped the car inside the parking lot because uh, underground parking lot. Uh-huh. Uh, it was pretty narrow and I was on the phone with my manager and again that happened. So I, and then after the second time, they gave me a written warning saying that, look, it's too many, of, too many times. Like it's uh-huh. already the second time in less than a few months. Uh, uh-huh. You are, have to be more careful about how right. you drive because right. this can lead to serious consequences. Right. 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 And then, I got, I had another accident. I, I mean, it wasn't an accident. I got a speeding ticket. Uh, so that was basically, so that, that's like, that was it, you know. Uh, uh-huh. Even though my performance was great, uh-huh. um, my territory performed better than any other territory in terms of the growth of the uh, vaping category and uh, both uh, the new brand we were introducing, uh, Marlboro in Canada. So I, my territory grew the highest market share in that. Uh, regardless of that, uh, 
That's crazy. Uh, I was basically, I, I got uh, laid off. Uh, so, Damn. Uh, yeah, that was unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> but it is what it is. You know, what I'm going to do is, you know, why, why wouldn't I share it? It's just, uh, it's just bad luck. After that, uh, I was still at the. I got. I had still a G2 license at that time. Uh-huh. After that, I improved my driving a lot. I got G4 license. Uh-huh. Uh, now I'm a much better driver. And uh, if I would go in again, I would probably would not make that uh, driving mistakes. But I mean, right. it is what it is, right? Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to immigrate to Canada, make sure that you know how to drive. Just a public service announcement from Samir and Samir. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Anyways, so what happened afterwards, man? So after that, uh, I mean, uh, I just uh, went back to where I was. I started uh, first when I just came into Canada. Mm-hmm. So my goal was to become a real estate agent and be in uh, real estate sales. Mm-hmm. So I had my uh, license, which I received uh, prior to joining Bell. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I joined this Bell and tobacco company and I never actually pursued the real estate mm-hmm. the the first idea that I had when I came to Canada so that was my actual biggest goal you know so I believe that you know actually this put me on the right path mm-hmm. to where I should be so um, I think it was a good thing that uh, it happened good experience uh, yeah the, yeah good experience that it happened the way it happened because mm-hmm. I never I never actually enjoyed that corporate uh, culture mm-hmm. you know because uh, it's not, it's so fake, you know, you have all mm-hmm. these, uh, trade visits, uh, you have all these things that, uh, mm-hmm. you show to the uh, bosses of the company, like, mm-hmm. oh, the store looks great. And you, you go and then you do merchandising and you're, you're getting paid a lot of money to put cigarettes in one place. But I mean, at the end of the day, you don't learn, you don't feel like, uh, you've done a great job. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't be, you're not proud of yourself. You're not like mm-hmm. you feel, oh, you know what? Uh, I changed the world. You know, what did right. you do? Are you? Uh, you sold another pack of cigarettes, you know, I mean, it's, uh, I, I did not feel that inner, you know, uh, public relations, public relationship wise, it's, uh, it's not the best product to sell to people, cigarettes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's not the best product to sell. And also I did not feel, uh, that I am helping somebody because a lot of uh, stores were unhappy with the way this company was working mm-hmm. and the history that it had with people. So mm-hmm. I wasn't even feeling that I'm helping businesses because I was limited to what I can help them with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, my idea was I can help smaller businesses to grow and uh, help them uh, develop. So it wasn't about selling cigarettes. For me, it was a bigger thing. Uh, even that was challenging to do in this environment though, because mm-hmm. uh, the corporate uh, greed is there you know, and a lot of uh, ridiculous things. Mm-hmm. So that's why uh, I never felt happy uh, mm-hmm. at that job. And I always wanted to leave it. And um, I knew that I'm not going to be stuck there forever. I knew that it's it's a next step for me. I'll move somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So, and this just happened, you know, in the the right time. So uh, I was able to pursue um, real estate. Mm -hmm. And uh, real estate, uh, now I'm I'm in real estate. Uh, First, I joined a company called Square Yards. It's a startup, Indian startup. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's similar uh, so the uh, the idea is that they have a salary structure, uh, mm-hmm. the basic base salary, plus they're giving you commissions of the sales. So I mm-hmm. learned real estate while working there, and I've done a lot of sales uh, in many different projects. It's they focus mostly on pre-construction condos. So pre-constructions mm-hmm. are the ones that haven't been built yet. So right. 
Yeah. So, so basically, they sell you a condominium before it's been built for a cheaper price. Exactly. Okay. And not just the cheaper price. There's also other incentives. So uh-huh. like, let's say uh, let's say you have a stable job and you have some kind of income coming in, and you don't have enough to put a down payment to buy a house, but you do have enough to pay maybe a couple thousands every month, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you do with that money? You either save it, and mm-hmm. then you buy, or mm-hmm. you can buy already and lock down the today's price for future, mm-hmm. right? So by the time it's finished, you already paid the down payment. Mm-hmm. right you pay the 20 percent down payment in the next let's say three years after three years the building is brand new it's built it already costs a lot more than what you bought it for because you locked down the price at the three years ago at a at a different price so the but the price of the unbuilt condominium so it's not like at a discount it's just the price like right now let's say uh you can buy a condo today for like five hundred thousand dollars or you can buy unbuilt condo for five hundred thousand dollars and by the yeah. time it's going to be built, it's going to be six. It's going to be six hundred thousand dollars. So that's the exactly. that's the trade-off here. It's not that you're actually getting it for three hundred thousand or something. Uh, yes, uh, that's one thing. But look at it this way: that you know, three years from now, mm-hmm. you'll be moving into a brand new condo. So what right. it means is that your maintenance costs will be very low. Right. Right now, if you buy something at five hundred thousand dollars, it probably will be an older building. Yeah, trash. You have to rebuild it, renovate all of that. Exactly, and you have to, and and the maintenance fees are already going to be much higher, because uh-huh. every year the maintenance fee goes up. So right. when it's a brand new building, you still have warranty. Mm-hmm. Uh, your maintenance fee will be low for uh, for the next few years at least, mm-hmm. right? And also, uh, you have you benefited from the down payment structure. Right. Mm-hmm. So you did not put that money right away. There's mm-hmm. time value of money. Right. Mm-hmm. So you slowly paid that uh, 20% instead of putting them right now. Oh, okay. So, it, so if you're, if you're doing the pre-construction down payment, yes. you're just paying it little by little. Exactly. Oh, exactly. So, cool, cool. so look at it this way. Imagine you have like uh, $200,000, right? Yeah. So you can put that 200,000 and buy one place or two places. Yeah. Or you can buy, six seven pre-construction condos yeah and after uh, three four years when these condos are built mm-hmm. you can sell them you can sell half of them mm-hmm. and take the difference uh, the profit right? yeah and then uh, you'll have that few condos left for free mm-hmm. because uh, you'll make so much pro- so much uh, profit from mm-hmm. selling those that uh, it'll pay for the other ones. So it's mm-hmm. obviously, you have to look at it in, in a way that it's an investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it might make more sense to keep renting and invest in few pre-constructions, mm-hmm. right? So down the road, when uh, the time comes, you can always assign the condo. Assignment mm-hmm. means selling it uh, before it's finished. Oh, okay. So... You can sell the condo and uh, profit. Let's say you bought it at 500000 You put maybe 10% down mm-hmm. and now you're selling it two years later and it's already mm-hmm. six fifty. So you made 150000 plus mm-hmm. you get your deposit back and then somebody else closes it. They mm-hmm. pay the remaining 10% and they take the mortgage for the remaining 80%. Mm-hmm. So that's basically the idea with pre-construction. It's, uh, I, I believe in pre-construction uh, market. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I uh, decided to do that. That sounds interesting. And when and when they build the brand new condo, 
like what's what does it look inside like how does it look inside like what's what's inside do they have like a kitchen and the refrigerator what's yeah. uh what's included exactly it's moving ready so you have all the appliances so refrigerator kitchen uh mm -hmm. you have the washer dryer and it's included in the price everything right is included yeah it's all included uh you have the floors doors windows everything all of that uh so all of that is basically will be included in there damn that sounds interesting okay and so and so you you're working there right now or you said it uh, like as like a startup what did, what did the startup do so this uh, square yards what they did is that um uh, we were calling people who were interested in pre-construction condos and then uh, finding the right condo mm -hmm. uh, and then selling them these condos, right? So that's mm -hmm. basically real estate sales. Mm -hmm. But the idea is that you have their salary, so they're paying the salary and they're the ones who are keeping the commission. Uh, mm -hmm. But I have the security of the salary. So while I was working there, I learned a lot about uh, pre-construction market mm -hmm. and I was able to um, sell uh, a lot of uh, condos i think i sold like eight or nine condos mm -hmm. in three months yeah i saw you on uh, instagram like freaking yeah. hustling there i did a lot of sales man so that's yeah. why after i learned the market i was like why am i uh, i don't need the act fixed salary i, mm -hmm. I want to make the commission i'm okay mm -hmm. uh, not being safe i want to take care of myself so mm -hmm. uh, and you know there's a saying that uh, nobody will pay you as much as your worst uh yeah. because uh, you only you will pay yourself that right so right. that's why it doesn't make sense instead of i can uh, when i'm on my own i can offer uh, uh i i can uh, you know uh, uh manage my time uh, the way i want to and then focus on the projects that i feel uh, are the best for me Mm -hmm. uh, and where I will be more successful. So there's mm -hmm. no point uh, when you're in the company, you know, they have this check-in, check-out structure. You have to put your fingerprint when you come in, when mm -hmm. you go out. It's like, feels like you're in an army. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's, uh, I didn't like that. So basically now I own my own. I am mm -hmm. um, part of 10th century 21 connect. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm, so what uh, is like, what are you, are you like a real estate agent now? Well, how does this work? Yes. Yes, I'm a real estate agent. I opened my own website. It's scondos.ca. Oh, so it's your, that's your personal company. That's your own yes, website. Exactly. Oh, nice, yeah. man. Okay, I'll, yeah. I'm going to put yeah. that website right under your name then. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> so uh, I have my website. Uh, I have uh, all the connections to the real estate market, to the different developers. And uh -huh. the company I joined now, uh, it, uh, they have also very good connections uh, mm -hmm. and we always have the first access for different projects. So anything that's on the market, mm -hmm. we're the first ones to uh, get a hold of those units. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so in my previous company, uh, the company would say that we had access when we call some people, but actually we didn't. Right. Mm -hmm. And in this company where I'm now, yeah, well, it's just portraying information in a different way. Uh, but Oh, that's how you say it. <laughs> well, how, how, the, how it works is that, you know, at the end of the day, everybody gets access to this project. Okay. So when you say, I have access, and by the time you actually meet the client, you take them there, you will might actually have access right, to that right. project. I but, feel you. I feel um, Yeah, but at the time, you don't. And mm -hmm. here you have, uh, before, in order to get access, you have to have previous sales for that developer. So if mm -hmm. you sold a lot of units, let's say you sold 100 units for one developer, Mm -hmm. Next time they're launching a project, you're the first ones uh, mm -hmm. to receive allocation of units. So you right, because you're, you're 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 providing returns for them. You sell stuff. Exactly. So you're, they're giving you 30 units, let's say, 
-huh. And only you can sell those 30 units, nobody else. Nice. So that they, those units are locked down and mm -hmm. uh, only mm, your customers basically can receive those units. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do here. Uh, we have access to uh, most of the developers in the GTA area. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're giving us units based on our previous performance and we're uh, selling those units. And uh, the good thing is that when you're buying at the first stage, there's right. always, the price is always much better. Yeah. So they might launch at let's say five hundred thousand, and two weeks later it's already five twenty. Right. Another right. week it's five forty, uh -huh. then it's five sixty, uh -huh. and then it's sold out. There is nothing left. Right. Uh -huh. So these projects, uh, the pre-construction projects, they sell out very quickly, and a lot of people they have to make a decision uh, before seeing all. Uh, the I know. I see the freaking lines. Like people are lining up. Like everyone's crazy about this real estate yeah. here in Toronto. And like there's gigantic yeah. lines. I see all this picture. And I'll be honest yeah. with you, it freaks me out, man. Like because when I see people like in panic mode trying to like dump five hundred thousand in somewhere, well, like five five, but like the down payment, like sign something for like that is yeah. not even built, and you haven't even seen the pictures. Like where your window's gonna look like? It's a little crazy. But yeah. that's, I guess, the work. The thing is here is, is working. I guess you know. It's, and I'm gonna talk to you about coronavirus and how it affected and all of that. But, but for now, yeah. Like I talked to a lot of people, and everyone is going. To, everyone's telling me like, yeah, man, that's because the market is so hot. And and I'll let you talk more about it. But they basically, and I went to a couple of seminars or like meetups, you know, because I was interested in real estate before back in the United States. And yeah, the thing about Toronto is that it's growing and growing, and people are coming. People like you and me, the immigrants, we're coming and coming and coming, and we're we're uh you know we're getting our jobs we're getting having our money like we're we're ready to buy and that's pretty much why the market is so hot uh, so talk to me more about it like what's what's with the whole freaking panic buying in terms of like everyone's so excited about buying real estate here aren't everyone a little bit scared or like have the memory of 2007 2008 financial crisis like what's happening here well, you know, if you look in, in 2008, 2007 uh, years in Canada, uh, mm -hmm. there is no actual crisis in Canada. So the, the, the market did slow down for a year, mm -hmm. uh, but that was like higher in the next year. It was already higher than it was in the previous year. So uh, they're really the market in Canada is a little different. I, I would say very different from other places mm -hmm. because the main driver of the market here is actual demand. It's, mm -hmm. not the, it's not the transactions where you have you know, people buying and selling, so the price mm -hmm. uh, increases as a bubble. Mm -hmm. Here you have an actual demand. So you have people coming into Canada through mm -hmm. these immigration programs, the federal programs that I came in, you came in, and a lot of other people came in with the same programs. Mm -hmm. And uh, when they come to Canada, where do you think they're going to go? First of all, if you look, Quebec is, uh, they have their own program. Right. So you exclude Quebec uh, uh, right from the beginning. Then you have uh, bigger, uh, other bigger cities left, which are Toronto, Vancouver, Calgary, and uh, that's it. Pretty much that's three big, biggest cities, right? right? So if you look at the, and there's certain uh, aspects about each one of these cities. Uh, mm -hmm. Vancouver is uh, mostly, uh, they have a lot of people from the Asian countries coming in mm -hmm. and they're good for entertainment, Entertainment, you know, they shoot Probably. a lot of movies there yeah, and, yeah. Uh, um, and then Calgary is oil and gas mm -hmm. and then you have Toronto. Toronto is the biggest one of, of, of all three. So right. that's why most people, they end up in Toronto in the GTA area. Mm -hmm. So around 70% of all the immigrants, they end up here. Mm -hmm. So 
when they come here, obviously they have to have a place to stay. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, the rent comes in. So like mm-hmm. you went in and you rented a place mm-hmm. and now there'll be thousands of more people coming in. But mm-hmm. the, uh, the rate at which the buildings are being built uh, cannot match the rate at which people are coming. Mm-hmm. Right now you have thousands of people entering every year, 300,000 every single year. Mm-hmm. 300,000 people to like where to Toronto or to, to Canada to, ca- to Canada and 70% okay. of that is in, uh, in the GTA Ontario. so you're looking at let's say 200,000 people in Ontario right Damn. so where they are going to stay there's uh-huh. not enough space there's uh-huh. not enough condos so that's the the, uh, the market is driven by actual demand it's mm-hmm. not like oh you know what it's a bubble I'm not gonna buy okay you're going to rent right. what are you going to rent like the in order for you to rent, somebody has to buy that unit mm-hmm. and add their margin and then make the profit and then rent it out to you. So mm-hmm. you're still paying for that mm-hmm. real estate. You're just paying somebody else's mortgage. <laughs> it's not like somebody is going to look buy at you, a place. Mr. Salesman. You already sold me, man. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you're buying a place, you know, you're mortgaging it out and then uh, you're going uh, to give it below yeah. there. Yeah. Plus, you have the capital appreciation down the road, yeah. right? So yeah. somebody's paying your rent and more your mortgage, and then plus your capital appreciates. So it makes a lot of sense to buy at this uh, in this market. Of mm-hmm. course, that was the case uh, before this uh, COVID nineteen. So talk to me about this. Like, okay, obviously we're in this crisis right now. Uh, yeah. We're currently recording. It's 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 April tenth right now. Uh, we are pretty much month into this quarantine and. Uh, I'm trying to like figure this out with real estate, like, cause my first thought is like, okay, like probably real estate will collapse because of the whole financial thing. And that's where I'm going to like get into this market and get everything for cheap. What like, but I don't see any information supporting it. People that I, you know, follow, they don't, you know, actually confirm that. So what exactly is happening in terms of like, in your opinion and in, on the Canadian market on the, in Toronto? So uh, first, I, I like, uh, you know, actual numbers. So yeah. that's why it, that's uh, where the truth lies. Yeah. So if you look at actual numbers, uh, so I pulled up some of the numbers here uh, on my screen. So if you look at the uh, number of units sold in March, uh, you had actually a year ago, you had 7,000 units sold. Now you have 8,000. Mm-hmm. So you have more than a 12% increase in sales. Yeah, just but in that's... March alone. Yeah, but that's, you know, numbers that are still haven't priced in the, the virus though, right? Exactly. So that's, that's, a, uh, that's actually a good point because uh, the first two weeks of March, mm-hmm. if you look year on year growth compared mm-hmm. to the first two weeks of March last year, mm-hmm. it was 49% up. Damn. And okay. if you look at the last two weeks of uh, March, they went down 16%. Mm-hmm. So what it means is that the uh, market uh, st- uh, stopped in the middle of March. Right. So actually the April numbers will make the uh, much more sense. Right. Because in April, we are going to see where the market stands right now. Mm-hmm. So what happened is uh, open houses were prohibited. So right. there, you cannot make open houses anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically that limits a lot of uh opportunities for people to go and see before they make a commitment such as buying a house mm-hmm. uh, you know a lot of people you know started doing the digital uh, ways you know you can uh, do an op- virtual open house 
and mm -hmm. all of that. But still, when you're buying something, it's, yeah, I mean, uh, look, who cares, right? That, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's you. You're not if you want to see the plays, and then they're gonna show you like a video of it. You're it's you're not gonna be too convinced. So yeah, that's a factor. Ex exactly, that is that is a factor. Uh, so uh, another thing is that you can still schedule an appointment and go see the place. You mm -hmm. just cannot make an open house. Open house is when anybody can walk in uh, right. and then see it. Uh, but when you make an appointment, you can still go see the place. Mm -hmm. So right now, actually, what I see happening is because of these restrictions, because of the COVID-19, because a lot of mm -hmm. people lost their jobs mm -hmm. um, and economy is uh, basically shut down. You can say that, you know, mm -hmm. most companies are stopped working. Uh, mm -hmm. The activity will decrease, hundred percent. The activity mm. is going to decrease. So what does so, what does it mean then? For, it means that the like what I mean. What's what's the, here's what I'm interested in. Okay, activity will go down, but will the freaking yeah. price of real estate go down or not? Like that's what I'm trying to figure this out. So uh, you you might have some cases when uh, you will have some people selling the properties, and they will only receive one offer. And they will accept that offer. Previously, mm -hmm. that was not the case, right? So uh, it was a competition for the bidding. property. So yeah. yeah, there was a bidding war. So if yeah. you go in the uh, property's price at let's say five hundred thousand, it would end up selling at six hundred mm -hmm. because people would try to outbid each other. Yeah, I heard those stories too, especially for like yeah. uh, single-family like houses and all. Yeah. Yeah. So right now, you you might have uh, cases where you wouldn't see a lot of uh, multiple offer situations. So in that case, uh, it's better for the buyer because imagine that he was going to spend more money than the advertised price in order to secure the unit because he was right. ready to go into the bidding war. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you don't have that bidding war, means mm -hmm. you are going to save that money. Extra and not cash. Spend it, yeah. Right. So that looks as a discount to it looks like the price is, is not increasing because you were expecting to spend 600 now you're going to spend 500 because nobody else is bidding on that property mm. right? you know it, it kind of sounds like instead of an, a price appreciation like in terms of like the, the real estate market goes up and up and up it sounds like it might not go up anymore but it won't go down either it's just going to stabilize and sort of be on the same level on the on the like a straight straight curve exactly yeah. that's what i predict and the idea is demand did not go anywhere so mm -hmm. those uh, people who are coming to canada mm -hmm. they're still coming the immigration program well that's the point stop. hold on they're not coming anymore that's the thing like they closed those whole thing they canceled the whole program like they didn't cancel but they postponed it and they're not letting anyone in right now what do you think uh, what do you think uh how does that well and let's assume they will probably let them in in uh i would say in may june they're probably gonna let people in so, but we still will have that window. Will that window affect the real estate uh, because the demand will have sort of like stagnate by like two months or something? What do you think? It can only affect it in the short term. So that's mm -hmm. why uh, if you want to use the opportunity right now before that does affect, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's right now before you see the multiple offers, right? So that's mm -hmm. even now a lot of sellers are discouraged from selling. So you you'll think? have okay. a lot, a lot of, uh, you'll have much less listings in uh, in the months to come. You'll see less, much less people selling because uh, why would they list now when they see that uh, they wouldn't be expecting uh, multiple upper cases? They mm -hmm. can just wait out this crisis mm -hmm. and then list later. Mm -hmm. Why would they list it now, right? Mm -hmm. So you still have some desperate people who want to list now. Mm -hmm. 
uh, because the spring market is here, you know, and uh, all those people who are waiting till spring to buy, uh, right. they're all eager to buy. And uh, they're still in the market. They want to buy, but their situation might have changed now because of the crisis. The salaries mm -hmm. might have gone down. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, look, uh, the government here is also supporting the uh, people who have mortgages. So you, have, you can get up to six months deferral in your payments. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and there's no penalties involved in that. Uh, the evictions have been uh, halted, so you cannot mm -hmm. evict anyone. Before I just feel like you don't, over. you you can never evict anyone in Canada. That's kind of like the sentiment that I'm getting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 people are here are very protected. Uh, the tenants are very protected, so right. uh, it's because you own the unit, uh, you have uh, rights for that unit when you are renting it. So uh, mm -hmm. it's very hard to evict anyone, anyways. But uh, now it's even harder. So now you can't even do it physically. Right, right. Uh, so basically, what does it means is that people are not getting evicted. Mm -hmm. uh, banks are not closing out and not calling the mortgages to default defaults on mortgages, even mm -hmm. if you're not paying the mortgage, mm -hmm. right? So uh, why would the crisis happen now when this is taking place? Mm -hmm. It would only make sense if this would continue for a very long term mm -hmm. and uh, government would stop uh, subsidizing banks uh, for mortgages. Right. Then banks would call all the uh, defaults for mortgages for people who are not paying them. Mm -hmm. And that would create a huge uh, increase in supply because the banks would then list those properties at a discount. Mm -hmm. And that would lead to a crash in the real estate market. But in order for that to happen, this, ha this uh, virus has to be, um, this situation has to be taking place for a very, very long time, mm -hmm. uh, which I don't think it's going to happen because they're already working on this uh, vaccines and uh, a lot of people are already, uh, already who were sick and they're getting better. So those mm -hmm. people are already immune to the virus. They can start working again, right? Mm -hmm. So there's, there's no risk for them to get sick second time because they already have the antibodies uh, for this virus in their blood. Mm -hmm. So that's actually one way to treat people to use the antibodies. Right, right. Well, let's, let's, I mean, at this point, we're just guessing, right? But let's hope that, you know, we're yeah. going to, we're going to go through this really quickly as soon and as soon as possible. So everyone can go back to work and, and the market exactly. can, can, you know, start accelerating. But okay, so let's, let's just summarize this then. Like, because I'm actually talking to you, I'm using your, this podcast is like using you for like this free consultation advice, basically. What, do, what should I do right now? Like, I think I can pretty much do the whole whatever thing like the, the pre-construction thing right now if i want to but yeah. if you're like if we're gonna like log off this podcast right now and i'm like gonna start recording and i'm gonna be all right you know samir real talk like what's the situation what should i do like tell me exactly like yeah. what should i do because we're friends you know we're buddies like tell me like what would you tell yeah. me so basically uh i would assess your situation uh in terms of your savings mm -hmm. in terms of your uh income mm -hmm. uh what are uh, what are you comfortable doing with? Because there's no answer for uh, one answer that applies to everyone, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody's mm -hmm. situation is different. So your cash flows are different. Mm -hmm. Your savings are different. Your goals are different. Mm -hmm. uh, your plans are different. So all of that has to be taken into account. Mm -hmm. So you can't just say that you know everybody should go and buy now. Everybody should uh, buy pre-construction. No, that's mm -hmm. not the case. That's not the answer. Uh, so some people shouldn't buy now. Some people should buy now. 
So mm-hmm. it all depends. Let's say a situation where somebody has uh, enough savings and their job, uh, they're not laid off. They're still continuing to receive their salaries. They're working from home mm-hmm. uh, with their uh, laptops. Right. So in that, in that case, they did not get affected by this virus. Right? Mm-hmm. So uh, why would they uh, suffer from this situation? They should use this to their advantage, right? Mm-hmm. And well, what's their advantage? Well, the point is, right, let's say you're qualified and you're good to go. The point is there is he's like, okay, well, now I want to pay less. Like, is there mm-hmm. an opportunity for me to pay less? And for yeah. example, what we just discussed, does this mean like since everyone's kind of weird and, you know, there's no bidding war, should maybe should I just like get in the market right now and do it right now or should I just wait it out? So that's like for people who can afford it, for example, what, like what's the? So uh, one thing is certain is that right now you will have much less competition mm-hmm. in the market for bidding wars. What will happen later is unknown. Mm-hmm. So it's always better to know with what you know Mm-hmm. So right now, the fact is you will face less competition. That's the fact. Mm-hmm. So making a decision based on the fact that right now you're facing less competition than two months ago mm-hmm. is already a great idea for you to go and buy now. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you want to risk and see, uh, you can always wait. But I wouldn't suggest that because you don't know what's going to happen. Maybe tomorrow they're going to find this vaccine and people will start going back to work. Maybe mm-hmm. something else will happen. So you can't bet on the unknown. If you're going to bet on the unknown, you're facing with higher risk. Mm-hmm. So my suggestion is if you have steady cash flows, if you're not laid off from work and you were planning to buy anyways, mm-hmm. uh, why would you wait for longer? And mm-hmm. uh, because there will be more people coming into this country. There'll be higher demand the situation will go only in a, um, it will only improve from now. We're already mm-hmm. in the lowest point. So uh, you, you see that this uh, uh, social distancing is already working. It's already taking effect. You have less and less people getting sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have more people getting better. Uh, so because of right, that... Right, but, but, but again, I just, because I, I, I would like to be really cautious about, you know, talking about yeah. the virus and because people are still dying. We don't know how it's going to turn out right now. So exactly. I, I would, I would, if I would talk about this, I would just say like, we don't know whether the situation is going to get better or worse. Right now we're seeing, based on the news, we're seeing positive trends in terms of how this whole thing's being handled. But again, yeah. the future is so unpredictable. So yeah. So it's, it's, it's like everyone should kind of, I guess, act on its own risk, on their own risk. Yeah. No, of course. Uh, and everybody's views are different. Everybody's expectations are different. So uh, obviously, uh, you can't say that uh, 100% it's going to get better in a few months. We won't have this, right? So, yeah, we cannot say that, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, obviously, there is a possibility that it can get worse or it can get even better than this. But uh, we don't know that. So, it's better to uh, make decisions based on what we do know. And what we do know is that right now you'd face less competition if you buy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that for me would be a trigger to buy again mm-hmm. if you are not um, in a situation where you've been laid off right mm-hmm. because then I wouldn't suggest you to make that uh, decision real quick I know there's some sort of a 5% down payment opportunity me sort of spending so much time in America it was always like there was some sort of first time buyer you know down payment thing but like what is this 5% like usually it's like you know, 20% down for the down payment to get like a condo uh, or a house here. Uh, people are like telling me on this thing, like, oh, you can actually put 
5% down instead of 20% down. Can you talk a little bit about that? Just, I just want everyone 100%. to know about it. Yeah. 100%. So basically, with this uh, first-time homebuyer program... Uh, is that what it is? Yeah, so it's a first-time homebuyer program. Uh, if you don't own a, a real estate anywhere in the world, uh, mm -hmm. you can apply for this program. In and, the world or in yes. Canada? No, anywhere in the world. So that's important for everyone to hear, especially if you're coming to Canada, yeah. you want to buy property. Yeah, so if, if you're doing that, and uh, maybe if it's on your uh, parents' names or in your relatives' names, not on your direct name, then it's fine. But if it's your on the title for that property, you'd have to report that you're uh, owner of that property. So you're mm -hmm. technically not a first-time home buyer. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't say first-time home buyer in Canada. It's a first-time home buyer. Mm -hmm. So you're not a first-time home buyer. In that case, uh, you would need to put the full down payment. But <laughs> if you're buying it the first time, of course, uh, there's two ways you can do it. You can do this. First one is you're going to pay 5% or up to 20% any, any uh, bracket, uh, right? And then the remaining uh, percentage, uh, you'll have to uh, get insurance on that amount. Right. So there is a, a insurance program. So uh, what, does, what does that, yeah, please explain what does this mean? So there is, a, uh, there is an insurance program that will, uh, uh, in case of a default, in case mm -hmm. you cannot uh, pay your mortgage and you'll default on that property, mm -hmm. the bank needs to be insured. Mm -hmm. because it's a high risk uh, investment for a bank to give you a mortgage at such kind of down payment. 5% mm -hmm. is a very high risk. Mm -hmm. So uh, because of that, uh, you'd need to insure uh, your mortgage uh, mm -hmm. through the, uh, there's a company that will insure this, uh, uh, FHCMC, something like that. So there's a company that will basically insure this. Mm -hmm. And, that amount of insurance can be, you know, thirty thousand dollars, forty thousand mm -hmm. dollars, and that insurance will be added to your principal amount of your mm -hmm. mortgage, mm -hmm. and you'll pay this throughout your term of your loan. Is it how how like how bad is it with the insurance one? How how like? I I wouldn't suggest doing the insurance if you have the down payment. If you can put more uh, money into down payment, you should do that because that uh, amount. Uh, translates into a big amount because you're also paying interest on that. Right, right. Account. And it, and it's, it, it appreciates yeah. and, and plus the yeah. time value of money. Okay. So let's just summarize that there, there is this thing. If you, if you don't, if you can't afford, or if you don't want to pay 20% and you are the first time home buyer, you can, yes. you can uh, do a down payment as low as 5%, but you have to also have this down payment insured. Uh, but that means that you're also going to pay that insurance and it's going to like accumulate. And basically you're going to, eventually you're going to end up like more money. It's, it's, it's going to cost you. Exactly. So here's there's, my. There's a second. There's a second way, though. Uh, there's a second way. So okay. the second way is uh, there is now a program where the government comes in, and they uh, buy the property along with you. So they say that they will be owning equity in your property. So <laughs> that's a that's a very socialistic kind of thing. But okay, go is, let's let's is, let's talk about it. I haven't heard about it before. Okay, I'm I'm exactly. intrigued. So the, <laughs> So that's actually this new program that they, they uh, introduced. Uh, so the government comes in and they say, you know what, uh, you're paying 10%, we're going to pay another 10%. Uh -huh. So together we own 20% of this property. So we own 10% of this property forever. Uh -huh. So in future, let's say when you sell that property, you bought uh -huh. it for 500000 and we are the 10% owner. So we put $50,000 into this. Right. And then when you sell it for $1 million, we also will take, 10% of that million dollars. Got it. 
But huh. we are not going to but we are not going to charge you interest on our in, on our equity. So you don't have to take the mortgage insurance. Uh-huh. So you don't have to take the mortgage default insurance. You're using right. our money as your equity to balance for that 20%. Okay, right? now tell me about the risks. Can the government kick my door out and say get the hell out of here? Like what's uh, uh No, I mean uh, the risks here are uh that again if you um default on your property uh you don't pay it and let's say your property value goes down uh mm-hmm. you'll be liable for the government's initial uh, amount of investment uh oh. along along with uh that even if they're like the property value goes down let's say 10 percent, means now you owe the government more than 10 percent because their 10 percent from the purchase price was a higher net amount than what it is now. Right. You still owe the government. And if it goes up, they take the positive. If they, give, it give, goes down. Because uh, I, I don't know, I'm just a little tired maybe, but I want our listeners to understand that risk. So give me an example, real life example. Let's say I bought a property, used the government thingy. Uh, okay. They pay, you know, let's say, let's do 500,000 because that's the number that people in Canada can turn on to use. Yeah. Uh, let's say, okay, so the down payment is what, 100,000, right? Yeah. That's fair to say. Okay. And so, okay, I'll say, hey, government, Trudeau, Justin, you know, you pay 50,000. I'm just kidding. Just the government of Canada, right? You do this whole thing. Exactly. You do 50,000, I do 50,000. Boom. Then coronavirus hits. Everyone, you know, it's, it's economically, it's even worse than we expected. And the property is now freaking 400,000, right? And you, yeah. and you sold it for 400,000. What, yeah. What's happening now? You still owe the government $50,000 uh, that mm-hmm. they initially invested. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, but if let's say the property goes to one million, now you owe the government hundred thousand. Right. So that was that's the that's the uh, that's the outcome here. See, if mm-hmm. the, if it's going down, they still want their investment covered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If it goes up, they want a piece of the pie. You know, right. Got it. Of the increase. So it actually it makes sense because like uh, if you're they're helping you right and they're yeah, not, yeah. they're giving you interest free uh, money i know it's it's all cool but like it's just so funny that the government does it for you it's just like Ugh. it's like it is it's very it, that's why i mean it's a great country you know that's why you have so many people coming in here like anywhere else wouldn't be possible like people would not give you free money yeah. and this is free money uh, and it's amazing program i really that's, love this program how how long has it been around uh, they just launched it a few months ago, so you can already what? go ahead and buy now with this program. Yeah, bro, I need to look into this. Yeah, this sounds. This is some bananas thing. Like, is that are they Canadians? Like, would the first government to come up with this? Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe there's probably some other cases. Uh, maybe we should look at the Sweden or some other countries which yeah, have the social programs. Yeah. Probably they have something similar somewhere else as well. That's so interesting. Yeah. But then I guess that's like, you know, and then like, okay, so let's now talk about how about screw the whole 5% and screw the government help. I want to do everything on my own. What's, tell me about the benefits of doing that on your own. And, you know, I, I sort of understand it, but I want to make sure that everyone who is listening understands, you know, whether it's worth to, you know, go in this deal with the government or if you can afford it on yourself, uh, for yourself, like to do that. And then, and then, like, tell me, like, why would you do that 
with the government or with five percent, even though you can afford it by yourself. I'm basically, I'm basically, you know, giving you a setup for saying like, hey, you can buy like five properties instead of one. But you know, you you take the floor from yeah. here. So th- here's the thing: that's that's for the first time uh, buyer. So you cannot. Oh, the government uh, thing for the first time. Also. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, so okay, got it. Okay, cool, you cool. cannot you can't use them as an investment vehicle and then make <laughs> money with this. See, right? my my gears are already spinning here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, you can only use it for the first property, and okay. then uh, down the lo- down the line, you know, you uh, if you're planning to buy five or six properties, you can only do first one with this uh, government program. The rest four, you'd still have to do on your own. And the positive side again is uh, the way you approach risk. If you want to diversify your risk and split it with the government, mm-hmm. you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to do it on your own, you wouldn't have to pay the uh, part of the pie when it grows mm-hmm. right so you wouldn't need to pay that 10 percent back because now that 10 percent is already two times values is valued two times more than yeah. when they invested it right and the mm-hmm. property if you go in according to this uh, growth of property values here in canada uh, that would translate into a big number you know in uh, down a few, few years down the road that property right. is going to cost much more uh-huh so, so tell definitely. me okay Real talk now, your opinion. Let's say you can afford just paying, you know, 20% down payment by yourself. But then you think like, uh, I need that cash. You know, I want to I wanna do something. I want to invest like that 50000 somewhere else. So I'm going to take government's money and do 50-50 with them uh, on, that temp, on that 10 or whatever, 20%. Would you do that? Like you personally? Uh, I think... Um... I would, I would have. I'm talking about, I'm talking about opportunity cost here, right? I'm talking about like, yeah, yeah, that other thing. I think in this, in this market, uh, I would have done it because Mm -hmm. of the, all these risks involved in the, in the um, downturn and uh, the COVID-19. I would have done that. And also, uh, I would also look at the stock market because right now uh, you see a lot of companies that uh, went down. Mm-hmm. And it would be a good idea maybe to buy some stocks at this point, right? So mm-hmm. I would diversify my risk and mm-hmm. split it into between the real estate and the stock market. Mm-hmm. So in this specific case, I mean, in this specific situation. That sounds but, like an interesting strategy. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, uh, down the road, you know, if uh, everything stabilized, like if you'd ask me this question, maybe uh, five, six months ago, I would say, no, I would invest in the real estate, all of it. I would put all of it into real estate because the mm-hmm. stock market already was, uh, all time high. Mm-hmm. And it was obviously going to, people were predicting some kind of crash to happen, mm-hmm. uh, even without this COVID-19. Uh, mm-hmm. so that's why, uh, of course, at that point I would be hundred percent real estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now during, due to this virus, um, I would, I would split it. Interesting. Wow, that's man. I feel like a lot of people are gonna learn something new about it, especially the ones who want to come to Canada, and especially the ones who are already here. Like this program with the whole ten percent. The one thing, like I'll, I'll be honest with you, like I don't know, something doesn't sit right with me. We're, we're thinking like ten percent of my apartment belongs to the government. Like you never know what can like. So whoever's listening and is getting excited right now and like oh like free money blah blah blah. Like just think about think about it because yes i'm you're just so like oh like that's why this country is great because you know we're using but at the same time yeah. yo like that's government's money that's taxpayers money first of all like eh, i don't know depends on where you stand politically i'm not saying anything about he, about this here but i'm just saying make sure that you understand that 10 percent of your 
property will be belonging to to the government and who knows what the government can pass in the future like it's just like a weird thing like would you rather just have like a whole 100% to yourself or like leave like for like 20 years thinking like you know you know this five uh, ten percent of your house belongs to you know belongs not to you basically and you there's nothing you can do to by the way can you do something can you like buy it out from the government afterwards uh I think you can buy it out, but at what price? Uh, is it yeah. market price or I never fa- actually um, had any situation where this would take place for now. But I think we will face this situation down the road, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll definitely involve a lawyer. Uh, yeah, yeah, this, just, uh, just talk to your lawyer like before you get all excited yeah. about that. Exactly. You know, really do your research. But as far as like an opportunity, especially when I talk about opportunity cost, like Samir just said, like, yo, like invest 50% somewhere else, then yeah, definitely that's, uh, that's something to consider. Hey, I want to talk about you though. Like what's, uh, what's your situation right now? Are you, are you an owner of the condominium? Like what's, what's your strategy right now? Uh, so uh, right now, uh, I, 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 we did buy uh, our own place. Uh, it's a condo townhouse. Uh, so we bought it already like a year ago. Oh, nice. Congrats, uh, man. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. You know, I, I'm glad uh, you said it because I'm like, uh, like I'm gonna ask him whether he bought it. And he's like, no, I'm not buying. I'm like, ah, uh, he's he doesn't have any skin in the game. You know, he's just preaching. Like, I'm glad that you're actually, you know, owning something so that exactly you can exactly. you can so, sort of yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm all invested into this, uh, mm-hmm. so I'm all in uh, in 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 this. So yeah, I suggest anyone to to consider this uh, because in the long term, even looking at uh, one year from now from when we bought the property was already much higher mm-hmm. uh, so it obviously was a great decision and please yeah. i don't feel like i'm you know i'm paying for somebody else's mortgage and uh, you know yeah exactly uh, exactly yeah, it, it makes me feel so much better <laughs> yeah man I, I was doing some calculation yesterday and uh, i was you know i compared my rent versus what i would be paying like uh, for myself, I'm not even talking like let's buy a property and put in tenants there. I just want thinking like I just want to do like pay for my own apartment so that at the end of the day I can have that equity. And yeah, yeah like I'm not sure if I want to rent like in the future. So it, it kind of depends. We'll see how the things are going to work out. But I'm really considering right now like uh, maybe it makes more sense to own something and just spend the same exact money towards your personal mortgage and then maybe maybe like rent it out in the future that's you cool man also you should also think about the costs uh apart from mortgage you will also have maintenance fees which you're not paying now yeah. plus you'll have property taxes right uh which you're not paying right now right mm-hmm. so uh all of that and your mortgage payment 50 percent of that will be interest payment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so 50 percent is the equity so you should uh, really focus on the numbers when you're making these decisions. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, if you take into account the capital appreciation, it will make sense. But if you just take the cash flow, uh, you might not end up in a better place where you are now because yeah. uh, you don't have all those costs uh, associated with owning your property right now. I mean, renting your property right now. Let's, well, let, give, me, give me some speculative number. Uh, well, so... Let's say I want to do a pre-construction. First of all, my first question, how long is it going to take from when you sell it to me to, to the point where I can actually get into the door and sleep there? Mm-hmm. So it all depends on the property. Uh, there, is, there are projects which are uh, coming next year. There are projects coming in December uh, this year, and there are projects coming in 2024, right? Mm-hmm. So... Uh, there are all kinds of projects. So it all depends well, give on me, what like, you're looking for. Well, I, I don't know, man. Just give me the 
uh, I'm just thinking like, okay, like I want to do this decision, right? By the end of this year, like uh, towards like, let's say towards November, what is it right now? April? April? My union. Yeah, like like in September, August, like I want to I want to pull the trigger, right? On the pre-construction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, I'm calling you out. I was like, yo, I'm ready, man. Let's do this. And you give me like mm-hmm. some like, you know, pricings on all of that and, and mm-hmm. On the average, how long should I wait if I'm going to like find a really good deal in a like, good spot and all that? Well, if you're looking for a good deal, uh, that would be in the early stage of the launch. Right, so right, right. usually how it happens is that it's at least three years from mm-hmm. the time it's launched to the time you're going to get the keys. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you'll, be, if you'll be in that early, early stage, if the project just got launched, Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the sales center is still close to all agents. It's only open to five, six agents uh, in the, in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, only at that stage, uh, if you're buying at that stage, hundred percent, it's going to be a great uh, investment, mm-hmm. and uh, you will see the return already in within a few months. The price mm-hmm. will increase within a month. You will see a much higher price mm-hmm. uh, for the same unit that you bought, right? Uh, so that would be, but you'll be, you'll have to wait for three years right. to receive the keys, right? So mm-hmm. that's your risk. That's cool, your man. Risk. All right. Listen, that was amazing. That was a, such a cool talk. It was so cool to talk to you, man. Um, are you planning to like continue doing videos on YouTube? I know that you sort of took, took, took a pause to like focus on other things, but like, I see yeah. that you you just put out a new video. So I, I was just, I got all excited. And that's why I texted you right away. Like, yo, let's do a podcast right now. Yeah. What are you, what are you Th- planning to do? So- Thanks a lot for hosting me. It was a pleasure talking with you as well. Uh, yeah. My plan is yeah, to continue with my uh, channel because uh-huh. yeah, we're all stuck home. So uh, the market might as well, is yeah. down. Yeah, might as well, you know, do uh, uh, some videos and uh, help people learn more about the real estate market. Yeah. So now I'll be focusing more on the real estate uh, projects, uh, nice. the locations and what's coming up next and uh, different opportunities. So stay tuned. If you want to learn um, where to awesome, put your man. money. Hey, yeah. uh, quick question. Do you want me to put a, like, do you want me to put your website under your name or do you want me to put your YouTube under your name? Um, I you can put, uh, I mean, uh, YouTube would be better, I think. Better? All right, I'll do that. But yeah. like right away, just tell me your Instagram handle and tell me your YouTube, uh, I guess, YouTube link or name. How do you like, yeah. how do, you, so how do I find you? So my website is scondos.ca. As, 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 as in Superman. Uh, yeah, Superman or uh, Samir. <laughs> <laughs> sure, uh, same thing. So, yeah, 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 exactly. So scondos.ca. Uh, my Instagram is the same, scondos.ca. And uh, my YouTube um, uh, link, I think it's samirfsa13. Just look, need to change that. search for Samir yeah, Khalilov. Yeah, exactly. So it would be better. Awesome, man. Hey, I, you know, I'm really excited that you're, that you, we, that, that we just made it because I actually learned so much right now. I'm all, you know, pumped. I'm going to do some research, but you know what? The thing is, the funny thing is that we never actually saw each other face to face. And after this conversation, yeah. I freaking want to be your friend now, man. I want to like talk to you. I want to talk about investing real estate. You seem like a very smart guy and, uh, you know, smart friends nowadays are not very easy to come by. So let's hang out Thanks. once, once this whole, you know, crisis is over. Let's let's beat up, man. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. I feel the same way, uh, and I I would think it would it would be uh, would be great to hang out. Absolutely, man. All right, all right. Thank you, and I'll see you later, man. Take care. All right, man. Have a good day. Bye.